considered why God, one of the reasons God wants us to love and forgive everybody because he knows it's a, anger is a self-destructive emotion? Pray with me. Lord, I lift the world up to you and the people in it today, and I just pray, Lord, that Jesus comes back quickly the second time 
to help this, rid this world of its chaotic, evil lifestyle. And in the meantime, I pray, Lord, that the word of God keeps being spread around the world through missionaries and the mass media, Lord. And I also pray at the same time that everyone will understand that the only way to God is through Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray for our nation and I pray that our nation will turn around and glow closer to you, God. And I pray, Lord, that everyone in this country understands that abortion is a sin in God's eyes and that at the meantime, that anyone who has an unwanted pregnancy, that the least they will do is have that child and let it be adopted out into a loving family. And Lord, I pray for our church and the members in it. And I pray that all the members allow the Holy Spirit to be the leader in their thinking and their actions and that this church will grow spiritually as it continues. And Lord, I just pray for myself that in my tough times, I thank God that I can always go to the Bible and read Romans 8:28 to have peace and comfort in any situation. I ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, you may be seated. Good morning. On behalf of the personnel committee, I would like to ask Joey and Caitlin Conway to come up. We want to just express our thanks to them for one year here at FBC. We are so grateful and thankful for you guys. We appreciate all you do for our youth. I know you're making a difference and we just want to congratulate you and tell you how happy we are that you're with us. We have one more, right? Oh. Michaela. Where's Michaela? Come on up, Michaela. We'll get the envelope in just a minute. It was at the same time, wasn't it? <laughs> time flies when you're having fun. Michaela, we're grateful for you. We're so thankful to have you here. You've done so much with the kids. And on behalf of the personnel and the church, I just want to express our thanks and we will get you your envelope. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Well, you all started out this morning uh, singing beautifully, praising the Lord together. You know, we might need to crank the air conditioning just a little bit cooler. I don't know if somebody can. Can you bump down the, the AC just a little bit? I'm seeing fans going like crazy. Are we? Okay, we'll have GR do it here in a minute. Just think cool thoughts. We, uh, I was just getting ready to say you all are just uh, blessed me listening to you sing. Praise the Lord. Let's uh, celebrate again his greatness as we sing together.
stand together and read our gospel reading aloud. This is from John chapter 16. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said, Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. John 16, 12 through 15. Amen. Well, this morning we uh, sang a song in the pre-service music that's one that I thought would be great for us to learn uh, for this week and for some uh, future Sundays as, as well. And so we're going to sing the chorus. We'll teach the chorus first, and then we're going to just jump right in, and uh, we'll pick it up as we go. So the chorus, there we go. So the chorus goes, uh, there we go. Got to get the key. So with one voice we'll sing to the and with one heart we'll live out his word till the whole world sees. The Redeemer has come, for he dwells in the presence of his people. Let's do it again. So with one voice we'll sing. 
Ready? Okay, here we go.
be seated. Until the whole world, whole world sees, that's our commission. That's our commission. Well, this morning I, I want to express appreciation and gratitude to Tony and Paula Bullock for role modeling for us a good long-term marriage. 29 years, Tony and Paula, thank you. Thank you. And so while I have Tony in my focus here, I, I know Old Glory Days is coming and Gospel Fest, and we have the privilege of hosting the Down East Boys. Now, the Down East Boys uh, recently have had the number one hit in Southern Gospel on the radio. And so we are in for a treat of one of the top Southern Gospel groups right now. And so, Tony, thank you for making arrangements for them to come and to be here with us. And, and so mark your calendar and be sure you're in this room on July the 3rd. Right? Okay. This morning I want to pick up uh, where we've left off, sort of, in uh, 1 Corinthians. And uh, in... Um, the, the Corinthians the Corinthians had this had a poor understanding of how God works through the gifts of the Spirit. Um, you know they just they just really did not get God at work through his through his spirits. They they valued the lesser gifts and they devalued the greater ones. They elevated the speaking in tongues to the highest place. And Paul, Paul addressed the, their poor understanding of the spiritual gifts in chapters 12, 13, and 14. Paul reminds them of how the Holy Spirit works. He said this, To each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good, chapter 12, verse 7. So everybody has a gift, but your gift is not for you. Your gift is for the common good of the body. He, he, told, he reminded them that he, the Holy Spirit, distributes them to each one just as he determines. So you don't get to pick the gift you want. And it's, you don't get, we don't get to choose because... The gifts are given as the Holy Spirit determines to each one of us. Chapter 12, verse 11. And God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them. Chapter 12, uh, verse 18. So this, this body is made up of people who have been given spiritual gifts the Holy Spirit has anointed you with a gift, and he's brought us together and created this unique body of believers that, because he has a task for us to accomplish, and he has equipped us for the purpose of accomplish, accomplishing that task. The, he concludes chapter 12 with this admonition. Now, eagerly desire the greater gifts. And yet, I will show you the most 
excellent way. This morning, we're going to look at chapter 13 to explore the most excellent way. Paul, Paul wrote in verses 1 through 3, and if I speak with tongues of men and of angels but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and, have, and if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but have not love, I gain nothing. In these, in these verses, Paul opens what is commonly known as the love chapter with this, with this corrective instruction to them because about the, the controlling motive of love. Tongues without love is simply making noise. Without the controlling motive of love, we just clang around we, and we offend others. Without the, without the controlling motive of love, we're like the neighbor's dog that just barks all night long. We, we had a neighbor, got a new dog. That, that pup would just sit on the neighbor's deck and bark right outside our bedroom window. And it was totally offensive. So after about three nights of lost sleep, I decided I have to do something about this offensive dog. So I did the humane thing. I hooked up the water hose with a high-pressure nozzle, and I sat on my deck, and every time that dog barked, I sprayed him in the face. I spent most of the night spraying the dog in the face. You know, the next night, he never let out a yip. We never heard from him again. You see, without love, you're just like that barking dog. And so what I want to do is I want to just spray over you love so that we're not offensive. Prophecy, knowledge, and faith without love makes the prophet nothing. Without the controlling motive of love, there's, there's nothing of real value in, in my ministry or in your ministry. You see, it's the controlling motive of love that adds value to what we do. And generosity and martyrdom without love gains nothing. Without the controlling motive of love, sacrifice is wasted. Paul is clear. The controlling motive of love is the difference maker for the church and for each one of us. The person described in these verses is an extremely gifted person. However, Paul says that even, even great things are worthless if done from any other position 
than a controlling motive of love. Love love represents the power of the kingdom age, breaking into this present moment. See, when God loved us, he empowered us to love like he loves, and he breaks into, he breaks he breaks his age into our age so that we, so that we can, can love like he loves. It's love's the only vital force of the future. It is, it's the quality, love is the quality that stamps on your life and mine heaven. When we begin to live like Jesus lived. Paul, Paul quickly moves to the motive of, uh, uh, from motive to action in verses 13. Uh, uh, okay. Now we're going to take a commercial break before I read chapter 13. So in your worship program, it says um, we have guests coming. We have guests coming to us from Southeast Asia. Hello, guests. So, Hello. great. So this is our team, and, and, and normally I look at you, but I need to look at them because we're gonna have this conversation and I can't see them on the screen behind me. So, so you guys doing okay? Oh, yeah. So, okay, thumbs up, good. all right. So I, I know you have some questions, and I have some questions, and you have the opportunity to think about those a little bit. So I don't expect all of you to answer uh, every question, but perhaps somebody just has had this sense of God at work in them, and you'd just like to tell us the quick story of how you sense God is at work transforming you right now because of this experience. Yeah, I can go. Um... By the way, my name's Morgan. Hey, Morgan. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, I have definitely been learning um, just what it means to trust God more. Um, there's this verse in Luke that talks about how the Holy Spirit will give you the words that you need to say at that very hour. And I had heard that verse before, but just throughout this trip, um, as we've had conversations with people and as I've had conversations on my own with different people about Jesus, I've, I've learned that that's true, that I can trust that the Lord will give me words in that hour and that he is faithful to, to speak through me when I think that I, that I can't. So yeah, that's been something he's been teaching me. Great. Thank you, Morgan, for sharing with us. Yeah. So just help the group here recognize a little bit um, um, what time of what time is it and what day is it in Southeast Asia? Uh, it is 9.08 p.m. on Sunday. So it's, they're already into our evening, so we get to step into the future when we talk with them. So can you tell us what's coming? <laughs> okay. Um, so you're there to do ministry and mission. How, how do you see God at work through the team? What, what's God up to? Yeah, uh, my name is Samson, so hey, I Samson. can try to answer this question. Uh, I think that there are a lot of ways that God has been working through us. Uh, I've just seen different 
uh, members of the team step up in different ways. Like uh, Patrick is doing a great job leading us and just uh, challenging us and encouraging us. Uh, he's done such a great job. And um, even seeing him uh, just in all the preparation for this trip, uh, so he's done an awesome job. Uh, and then also just certain people stepping up and uh, like leading conversation, meeting people. Uh, we've had a couple English clubs. Uh, so some of us have been really awesome about helping plan the English clubs um, and then also lead them. So um, yeah, God's just been working in and through us in a lot of different ways. I could probably list off uh, a ton of examples, but uh, yeah, it's been, it's been really cool to see how God has used each one of us in unique ways. So. Great. We're excited about uh, uh, hearing your full report of how God's been at work when, when you get home. So what has, been, what, what has been for you your greatest joy so far in this experience? Um, I'll take this one. Uh, my name's Landon. I'm sure a lot of you guys know yeah, that. Landon. Um, there's been a lot of really amazing moments and joyful moments uh, throughout this this time, uh, my like one of my greatest joys I feel like I've had is probably really getting to know our team. Um, some of them I just met when we uh, were flying out, and it has just been really amazing bonding with other Christians that are my age. Um, it's been really awesome, but also just getting to know the culture and getting to know the people here has been really really cool. It is totally a culture shock, but it's been awesome. <laughs> yeah. You say it was difficult to shop. <laughs> but it's been awesome. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we are a praying people, and we've been praying for you. Uh, so help us know how we can pray uh, for you in the days coming ahead as you move toward conclusion of your of your time there. Just so so what are what are the great challenges that you're experiencing? How can we pray? Um, I can get this one. Uh, I'd say the number one obstacle we've had has been health. We've had a couple days where half the team gets sick because of the crazy food or Samson hurting himself. <laughs> uh, hospital visit. I, I'm okay. Don't worry. Uh, so mostly just health and then just the confidence and uh preparing the hearts for the people who are who we're going to be preaching to all right thank you well let us let us just pray for you now okay so i'll just lead us as we pray over those things father we thank you for this team of young adults who've committed this month for your service in southeast asia thank you for the way that you have been at work in them and through them and we pray now, Lord, that you will um, just protect them in terms of their health, that you will, as the master physician, just keep them, keep them healthy, Lord, so that they can accomplish uh, their task. I pray that, that your spirit will be at work in them to increase their confidence as they, as they encounter uh, people in, in, the, in the culture and as they have the opportunity to share uh, with them uh, the gospel through learning about English. Uh, and Father, we, we pray that uh, you'll continue just to open, open doors for them over these next uh, few days as they're there. 
that you will um, you'll bring the right people at the right time into into their life and that you will you'll just engineer the circumstances for this team to be effective in their witness uh, in Southeast Asia over the next few weeks as they serve you. Um, we're grateful for each one of them and pray your rich blessing upon them. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Right. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so much. Guys. Hey, thanks for worshiping with us in Clinton, Missouri this morning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Let's give them a round of applause. There you go. No deal. <laughs> well, that was fun. So meanwhile, back to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Paul writes, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Paul quickly moves from motive to action. Love controls our behavior. In this section, it's not hard to understand what Paul uh, says and, and what he's calling us to as he calls us to this self-giving uh, love challenges uh, for, for the benefit of, of each other. These verses, they're amazing in their simplicity, yet they would revolutionize the way the, that we do church. They would revolutionize homes. They would revolutionize our society if we just lived them. If, if followers of Jesus would take these actions, we would have incredible changes in relationships all around us. When love controls our behavior, you do some things, and then there's some things you just don't do. And so Paul gives us this list of things that we do. Love suffers long, and it acts kindly. It rejoices in truth. It bears all things. It hopes all things. Love endures all things. See, when, when love is... When love is when, when wronged, um, love says, I don't get even. I don't take revenge. Love does not promote itself. When, when he says love bears all things, no insult or injury can sidetrack love. Because love believes all things. Love creates a climate of trust. Love, love hopes all things. See, individuals, I believe that we can, that individuals can be transformed. Their lives can be transformed. And we have to believe the power of God to transform lives or else or else we're not motivated to tell the story of Jesus. So do you believe the power of God's love can change you 
and can change others in your life? Do you believe the people in your family and friend circles who do not yet know Jesus as, as personal Savior and Lord and who are not following him, do you believe the power of God's love can transform them? See, this is the spirit of love that hopes all things. See, love, love, love endures all things. See, it's not just making it through. Love, love conquers. Love conquers. And so these are the things we do when we are, when we are, when our lives are infused with God's transforming love. There's some things, there's some things that we, that, you know, love does not do. Um, love, love does not boast. Love does not puff itself up. That's a, that's an interesting expression. Um, it's um, love doesn't make doesn't make you look good. Love makes others look good. Doesn't doesn't puff you up, but it builds up others. Love does not does not um, behave rudely. Rudeness displays a lack of regard for other people, their feelings, their emotions, their concerns. Um, you know, it, it's, when you stop and think about it, there's really no excuse for rudeness from anybody. But we live in an increasingly rude society where, because because we're so self-centered. But love, love does not behave rudely. Love does not seek its own advantage. Love, love rather focuses on responsibilities, more on responsibilities than on privileges. Whoa, have we, have we come a long way in the wrong direction in our country? Because, because the mindset of our country is, I, I deserve this. It's a privilege. Love focuses more on responsibility than privilege. Love, uh-oh, does not lose its temper. You know, Paul could have just left some of this stuff out, made it a whole lot easier for us. But he didn't because, because he knew himself, he knew the Corinthians, and he knew us. Love is not mean. Love is, lo, love, love is not difficult to live with. Love, love does not make life miserable for the people around him. You see, Love does not lose its temper. Love does not, love does not keep a record of wrongs. Um, from time to time, when, when we have differences, we, we tend to get historical. Now, 
That's right. I didn't, I meant to say historical, not hysterical. We get historical because while we cannot remember what we had for lunch, we can remember this whole long list of things you've done wrong over the last 10 years in vivid detail. We get historical. Love, love keeps no record of wrongs. You see, there's a point at which we just, when you love, you just forget it. You forget the offenses. Love and forgiveness is choosing not to hold offense against people. You just forget it. You let it go. And love does not delight in evil, which, which in some translations and, and in other ways very easily could be, could be translated, um, love does not indulge in gossip. Now, I know none of us are guilty of that, so I'll move on. Behavior marked by love is it's outgoing, it's self-giving, it's unselfish concern for other people. And so when we, when we, when we love and our, when our behavior is controlled by love, when our controlling motive is love and our behavior is controlled by love, then, then, then loving is the most excellent way. When, when love is our controlling motive, then we, we can, then we can go the distance with each other. It's the foundation for long-term relationships. Listen to Paul. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part will disappear. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put, away the, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Love never fails. You see, in every situation, love succeeds because love never fails. Spiritual gifts, <laughs> they're all going to pass away. But love, love will continue. And now and then, children grow up. I know that's good news for some of you. 
We put away childish things. And, and a, a few weeks ago, I, I enjoyed the moment leafing through the book in the lobby, seeing the pictures on the screen of our friends who've gone on to be with Jesus. You know, just looking at those pictures brought to my mind experiences with each one of them. But as I stood there and I looked at the picture, I realized, you know, there's a whole lot of difference between this picture and the person. The picture's just a reflection, just a reflection of who they are. And, and Paul says there's a, that, you know, there's a time coming when we will be fully known. See, what we know now is, a, is nothing compared to what is coming. Because love alone endures. Faith, hope, and love. Eternal qualities. But the greatest of these is love. And as followers of Jesus, my, my prayer for us as a body of believers collectively and individually is that, that God's transforming love will define us, will define our life together, will define our witness in this community. Jesus, Jesus said to his most intimate friends, the way the world will know you're my disciples will be measured by the way you love each other. I, I pray we will have this incredibly unique Holy Spirit gift of love for each other. Paul, Paul's talking about spiritual gifts, and he said this is the most excellent way. This is the gift of all gifts. Because this is the gift by which we are his witnesses in this community and beyond. And so I, I pray that as a body of believers, we can continuously be transformed by the power of his love. You, you may not be a follower of Jesus. And, and my my. I want you to know Jesus loves you. And, and, and the followers of Jesus love you. We love you. And I pray, I pray that God's transforming love will give you enduring life. That his, that his grace and mercy will come into your life and, and you will experience life in the most excellent way because only his love endures. And, 
And we just plead with you, if you're not yet committed to following Jesus with your, with your life, then, then today, I, I want to ask you just to consider. Consider how much he loves you. He loved you enough to die for you. But he loved you enough to rise from the dead to prove he could give you life. And that's what we offer today. The gift of transforming love that has the power to change our lives. Whether we are followers or not yet followers, his love has the power to change us. So this morning, in a moment, we're going to sing the power of his love changing me. And as we sing this song today, if, if, you're, if you're a believer and you just struggle with, with this whole concept of the spiritual gift of love and, and you've not been loving, and love's not been your controlling motive and it's not been the, it's not been the, the tenor of your behavior the controller of your behavior. Maybe you want to just come kneel and pray. Perhaps you're a believer and you're looking for a church home and we would welcome members at this time who exist to fulfill the Great Commission by loving people into a growing relationship with Jesus. So we invite you to come and join with us. We'd welcome you. You may not yet be a follower of Jesus and to you we would extend the opportunity to move from spiritual death to life because of God's transforming love. So if you're in the room, I'm gonna ask you just to come to the front in a moment and share with us any decision you might make. If you join us online this morning, I'm gonna ask you just to click the I want Jesus in my life button on our website, firstbaptistclinton.church, or you may call me or text me. My personal number is 660-890-4150. I'd love to hear from you so we can have this conversation about you being able to experience life in the most excellent way. Let's stand together and sing, and you'll respond as the Spirit of God moves this morning. Draw me to 